You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers stay clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on WMR.fm, episode number 403. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is my company's senior SEO, Scott Fanak. Wow, that was weird not saying Webmaster Radio. And for all the listeners who weirded out too, that is the new call sign, WMR.FM. Uh, little new rebranding. So, And I was saying to Ross earlier, it should really be rebranded to SEO 101 and Friends. I think that would be uh, a smart <laughs> move on their part. It really would. Because they're all friends. We're all buddies. We should all go for beers. Can we? <laughs> oh, COVID. Damn. Yeah, yeah. I'm there. COVID flights. Yeah, when, when we can do that, there should be a WMR conference. There is. What? Oh, see, I'm not on here enough to even know that. Okay, yeah, never mind. Well, there was anyway. I, I don't know whether they still run them, but they used to have them. We've, I've been to Florida to do the show live there. It's kind of fun. Why didn't I go to that one? Uh, yeah. Anyway, let's <laughs> moving on. Um, <laughs> okay, so let's jump into this. Um, Oh, and I should mention, you, meant, you might have noticed too, I mentioned Scott's the co-host. Uh, right now, uh, John's taking a little time. He's just too busy with work. Um, I don't know what that means. He's going to be permanently um, off the show. He certainly will come on occasionally, but John Carica is just going to be a little too busy to be on for the next while. So I'll have uh, Scott on. I've got David Harry coming up as a co-host. Uh, and uh, one of the upcoming episodes has Yoast on it as well. So that's from the Yoast SEO tools. Lots of happening. We're going to keep things interesting and a lot of fun. So stay tuned. <laughs> That's so such an old saying. Anyway, <laughs> uh, some non-SEO news first. Now, this is, you know, everything's a little bit close to it in this case, but in the, uh, Google is predicting that these five pan pandemic changes are going to be permanent. This is an article from Search Engine Journal. I believe it's done by Matt Bailey. And it's, uh, it's interesting. I, I think it, it does inform some people on, on how they may be marketing in the future. Oh, sorry, it was Matt Souther, not Matt Bailey. Um, 
the first bit here is that uh, there's going to be a, a rapid response to changes in consumer habits. Uh, people are searching before shopping. There's fewer trips for groceries. So people are ordering, you know, even home delivery, looking for searches like, can you freeze? A lot of these are UK based, by the way. So keep that in mind. Uh, you would want to do a little research more for your area. Um, uh, uh, having uh, those people are saving more, spending less due to you know, cuts in pay, just generally tough times. Um, uh, 71% of people had said their personal income had or would be impacted by the coronavirus. So that's uh, significant. Now, what they're saying here, obviously, is that this is going to go continue past COVID once everything is at some point uh, back to normal. Uh, but this is the new normal. Uh, a lot of people are searching for online or, uh, learning. It went up 400%. Searches for fitness apps, over 200%. Obviously, not all these will continue at the same rates, but uh, generally, once people get used to doing this kind of searches, they tend to get more comfortable with it and they stick to that habit, at least to a greater degree than they ever did before. Um, uh, people are searching for phrases like with friends online, ways for people to connect online and, and, and interact. Uh, one of the main ones is, and that's coming up in the list, but I think it should, it should be noted now is a lot more people are going to be continuing to work from home. I know a lot of businesses that have totally shut down their office space and everyone's working from home and they're going to stay that way. They're actually, this is great. It's working out well. People love not having to commute. They're loving the, the fact that they have a, a better quality of life in many ways. Uh, I'm not sure we're going to do that a step forth just because I really do enjoy the commute. Actually, I find it a, it's ironic, but I do. I, I enjoy that. Um, yeah, we'll see. But it is um, going to be a big change. There's going to be a lot more businesses that run from home on a regular basis. Uh, searches for watch parties. Uh, virtual events are going to continue. I actually love that. I hate doing long travels uh, to conferences and stuff. I imagine there's still going to be conferences. They just may have a Zoom or uh, a live online component. I hope they do because I don't want to go to most of them. Um, but I would still like to learn. And it's kind of nice just getting up early, spending the day during a conference, and then spending time with my kids and getting back to work the next day without having to do any flights and all that madness and spending all that money. It's also going to be better for the environment. Online shopping is now the norm. I think we all know that. It's been pretty big. For me, I have saved a ton of money ordering online. I, I tried to do it locally whenever possible. But I admit, Amazon's gotten a lot of my business. And uh, a lot of other businesses are getting smarter about how to increase the user friendliness of their shopping uh, to take away from Amazon. Prices, especially for people who don't really care so much about the price, but more about the experience and the, the, the speed in which they, re they receive their products. How about you, Scott? How, how, much, how has this impacted you? I mean, I, again, I think this is impactful from an SEO perspective for anyone out there who's targeting these markets and need to know what we are doing and how to, you know, how to adapt. You know, it, it definitely has affected us a bit, but a lot of it kind of skipped by our household. Like, as you know, I work from home and the internet world might know I work from home. My wife also works from home. So from that perspective, you know, the work environment hasn't changed. Um, same with consumer habits for me personally, you know, I, I tend to be, and this is probably true 
for a lot of SEO type minded people, you know, we over research things online like crazy before buying. Um, so that hasn't really changed. Um, I'm probably buying more online than I used to. And for me, it's, it's maybe less about price because I'm, I, I'm kind of, I, I use Amazon a lot and I'm kind of anti-Amazon at the same time. You know, I, I use it, but I don't want to. Yeah. Um, and it usually comes down to price. Uh, it, it, it's just cheaper. And, you know, if I'm going to save a dollar or two, it's not a big deal. But in some items, you know, a bigger ticket item where maybe you'll save 50 bucks, you know, I, I'd rather support the mom and pop shop, but, you know, 50 bucks is 50 bucks um, yeah. or whatever. And so I, I tend to buy online anyways, but we do shop online more now due to COVID, um, because we don't want to, I'm not scared of COVID per se, but I feel like the least amount of exposure and the least amount of being in public is probably smart. So mm -hmm. there are things that I might not buy Please. online, but I do. <laughs> yeah. And I buy things online now that I wouldn't otherwise. Um, so it, it's definitely had a bit of an impact from that perspective, but this is all interesting because I feel like this is bound to happen anyways. And COVID has just super accelerated mm -hmm. this process. Maybe, I don't know how many years, maybe 10 years it would have taken for us to get to where we are now in the world, maybe less, maybe a year, I don't know. Um, yeah, the way things accelerate, who knows, maybe just two years, but it's still advanced us. One thing I, I neglected to mention, but I think it's one of the biggest takeaways is a lot of people are searching whether or not something's in stock before they even consider going somewhere if they're actually going to visit. Oh, every time. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to expose myself to potential um, infection. So unless I know whatever is there is there. And so I'm always checking and they can't, you can't ignore phones. People are going to be doing that all the time. And, uh, you know, putting your prices in your um, product feeds, putting them on your pages using schema markup is going to be important. So it's very easy for people to find out what it is and what your costs are so they can jump around. And um, now that is, if you're worried about pricing, you know, there's a totally different market where I think we sort of fit into where we're not so concerned about being the cheapest. We're concerned about providing the best value that's at step forth in terms of, of results. You know, we are not the cheapest and we don't want to be. Um, but we do provide great results. So that's, that's our focus. So we wouldn't necessarily put pricing on there. We might say it starts at, but the idea is to talk, discuss it, figure out what works for that particular client in, in a custom basis. Um, and so that, you know, putting your prices online won't work for everyone. Uh, but if you do have a commodity of some kind that uh, like widgets, then yes, you should put that on there and make it really clear and, and, try to ensure that your online inventory is accurate. That's going to be a big, big part of keeping customer satisfaction high. Okay. So that was, you know, a fairly large piece for that, but I thought it was really interesting and, and worth mentioning. Uh, now, Scott, you put another one here for about ad safety. Yeah. So Google's uh, released their ad safety report, which they've been doing for about 10 years now. Um, it's not super SEO related, but it is related to Google ads. And, and the reason I wanted to mention is because the numbers are kind of staggering to me and it always amazes me. Um, in 2020, Google blocked or removed 3.1 billion ads for various reasons. <laughs> 3.1 billion. Like that's just mind boggling me 3.1. Um, they've restricted, they put restrictions on 6.4 billion ads <laughs> and suspended 1.7 million advertiser accounts. And 
it, wow. it's, it wasn't that long ago that if we even heard that they had 1.7 million accounts, we, our minds would be blown. And now that's just how many accounts they suspended. So it really shows. A small, how, small percentage of all of them too, I'm sure. Oh, it, it's insane. And then also, and uh, specifically due to COVID, Google blocked, I like how they say over 99 million COVID-related ads, including price gouging and promoting products like N95 masks and fake cures and all that nonsense. Um, so roughly 100 million ads that were taken down due to COVID scams, essentially. Um, that's, I, it, I can't even imagine that many numbers. The, the, the number is so high. It, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. So I figured that, you know, it's, if, if you're wondering, you know, you see a bad ad slip through the cracks and you're like, oh, how, why is Google allowing that? Well, look, they had to encounter, I mean, if you do the math here, we're looking at like a, a 10 billion ads that they had to address. So I, I could see them missing a few. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. All right. So um, next up is local S or sorry, the SEO news. Uh, and actually, there's one looks like it should be in local. I'll just move that down. Um, core update light. All right. So apparently, this is according to Systrix, uh, one of the uh, online tools, a fairly comprehensive one that tracks the uh, rankings online and, and just, you know, off and, and publishes a lot of inf interesting information about fluctuations and potential updates. Apparently there is a light update happening. Um, they, the reason they say it's light is it's not hitting every industry. Um, and if you were to compare it, the big update that we had, the major core update that happened in December, uh, Google core update. And these are for listeners who don't know what this is. This is um, when Google makes vast changes to its algorithms uh, to reflect different results in search results um, impacts a lot of businesses. So it's there. Are, it's significant news. Well, this, um, the big one in December was equivalent. Uh, they saw a difference of what they called 45 points. So that was a very significant jump. Whereas in uh, recently, they've gone as high as 13 points. So, you know, that's why they're calling it light. It's not drastic, but in certain markets, it has shown some um, significant impact. Uh, in this case, they show a couple examples where one was a veterinary clinic that soared, the, the visibility soared like a staggering amount. Um, another one is Force Point. I don't know what that is. Uh, but it's a website and it's seen a fairly significant drop. Wouldn't say it's nearly as comparable, but it's been a drop. Um, so it seems they, they're making some assumptions that there's that's essentially what's happening is Google is redistributing visibility, which as far as I'm concerned, it just means it's an update. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, what goes down, other people go up, you know, that's just the way it works. Um, some topics and in industries are more vulnerable, they're noting. Uh, in this case, which ones? I know I read this. There was, it's funny, I'm just seeing the, the general notes here, but I know I read which ones they were. Dang it. Ah, sorry, can't fill you in on that. It even says some topics and in industries are more vulnerable, but it doesn't say which ones on what I'm looking at here. Yeah, I'm looking at it as well, and I, I can't see the breakdown by industry. Odd. Maybe it's in the full report or something. I don't know. At, at any rate, it's uh, uh, you can you can log in. You can actually go to one of their free tools uh, at Systrix. That's S I S T R I X, 
And uh, you'll see the Google Update Radar is one of their free tools. And it shows what kind of movement's going on right now. And, and yeah, there is a significant bump that uh, they believe is, is fairly obvious that there's a, an update going on. So check your rankings. If you see any major things going on, uh, go onto webmaster forums, monitor these things, find out what might be the cause. Just keep in mind that everything we hear right now is conjecture. There is no, no guarantee what you're hearing, not even remotely is accurate. Uh, it's going to take a few weeks for us to get any sense of what it was that happened uh, and what you may be able to do to change it. And even then, it's going to take time. That's why being reactive is always a scary bit. You want to make sure that you're always doing the best you possibly can to create great content and staying above board with all Google's, well, many of Google's uh, uh, requirements or best practices. That way you can ride these out pretty simply like many of our clients do. I'd say all, actually. Absolutely. Yeah, like I, in the past, I've been looking through our clients the past day or so, and I haven't seen anything drastic as a result of this update. So, you know, that tends to happen if you're doing what you're supposed to do, you usually will not notice these updates or on the flip side, you might see big gains on the, during the updates. Yeah. Um, but rarely will you see a decline if you're doing things and being proactive. Yes. And, and, and I'm no, I've noticed that when we do see the big improvements, it's usually because uh, a lot of the garbage is being torn out of their market. You know, there's been some real spammers that have been removed. And it's given them, the, uh, you know, our clients, the opportunity to, to bounce up, which is always a nice thing because uh, they're all trying to follow the rules. It's always hard to stomach when someone who isn't is doing better. <laughs> so this I thought was kind of funny. Uh, this is a search engine roundtable article, um, and it's about emojis in Google search suggestions and autocomplete. <laughs> and I have never seen this before, but it is a uh, SEO company, and they have somehow, and it does look a little shady from our perspective, but got to admit, it's kind of like, ooh, how did they do that? It's kind of on a geek level, pretty cool. Uh, someone typed in SEO age, in this case, agency is where they're going with it. And this company, SEO agency Primellus shows up, but it's got a check mark next to it in the auto, auto search. So it's a green bolded image icon. Like it's standing out like you wouldn't believe that's kind of tempting to click, isn't it? So um, no one knows how it's done, but they're all kind of curious. And I thought it was kind of a, gave me a giggle to see the kind of things that some agencies test. Yeah, uh, I have a theory how it might be done. Now I don't know for sure, but a lot of these suggestions are based on just user search history and what Google has. So if you get enough people to spam search at Google, for whatever the phrase is and include an emoji in their search, mm -hmm. do you think Google would show it up as an autocomplete? So I think we should test this. If everyone could search like step forth web marketing, happy face emoji or something and, uh, <laughs> and just everybody do it and we'll see if it shows up by next week. Yeah. Our SEO 101 podcast, thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Let's, let's all do that. I don't even know how to search for an emoji. I, I don't, I suck at that stuff, honestly. I'm sure we could figure that out. I know how to use Google, I, I think. So maybe I can learn how to do that. Got my it's... smileys down, Pat. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah exactly. <laughs> what's, the, what's the thumbs up ASCII key? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. ASCII code for that. I don't know. We'll figure all, all right, that before out. Before we jump into some local SEOs, SEO news, let's take a quick break. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. 
Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WMR.fm. Hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company senior SEO, Scott Vanak. All right, so I guess you posted this about uh, performance metrics. I did? Hmm. Did I, did I that post that one? Last time. Oh, you know what it was? I think I posted that a couple of weeks ago and I've forgotten all about it. Anyway, Google My Business uh, it has new available performance metrics and it's a help document. Um, so if you are ever wondering about uh, where the source is of some of the data um, uh, for the performance metrics in your Google My Business listing, they now have that information. This was on March 4th. This came out on uh, Search Engine Roundtable. Uh, it's going to talk about the searches, uh, users who viewed your profile, calls, messages, total interactions. And when they compare it to the old one, it's, it's a little, well, it's significantly improved, especially the users who viewed your profile. Um, and I'll just read a bit of that to quote them. Uh, this data is number of unique, unique visitors to your profile. A user can be counted a limited number of times if they visit your business profile on multiple devices and platforms such as desktop or mobile and Google Maps or Google Search. Per breakdown device and platform, a user can only be counted once a day. Multiple daily visits aren't counted. And it goes on and gives more detail. I love when they do this, though, because a lot of this was unknown. We all had to guess because they really hadn't provided that data. Uh, to me, I would never launch a product without having all this done beforehand. It's probably why things don't launch very quickly when I do that. <laughs> but just the same, it is a little annoying not having this data and look how long it took. Anyway, good definitions and I'm glad they did it. Closing that up. All right. Google My Business has launched a tool to manage review removal requests. So I get this a lot. We even had it, we've had it a few times in terms of questions from listeners. If you have a Google My Business listing and someone posts a review that you think is completely inflammatory, fake, um, or maybe even spouts some personal information or medical information, all things that just really raise a flag, you can request that they be removed. But you never know what's happened. You know, you never really get a reply. 
uh, it just at some point is removed or it's not. Well, now there is a process, well, there is a, there's a, a report that will show you what the status is of your request, which is great. Again, a little more transparency, thank you. Uh, for those that don't know, you can't just request the removal of a review because you don't like it. Um, and if you say it's fake, you better have some really, really good information to prove it. Otherwise, Google will just ignore it. And the only way you can get around that is just burying it um, with better reviews. Uh, you can't remove it. If, however, there's any personal information shared, anything medical, uh, anything, any identifying information that should not be there, you almost always will succeed having it removed. Uh, and this includes abusive behavior as well. So that, that's just a few things, but they have, they have a fairly significant write-up on what you can and can't get away with, uh, with reviews. But uh, I tell you, if that can be a removal of a hell of a headache if you have something that has those uh, characteristics, you can have them removed. All right. Google tests displaying cost estimates in local search results. Did you check this out, Scott? I, I saw this and I, I haven't actually seen this appear live in search yet, but I do, no. I do like it. Yeah. I search yeah, for this kind of stuff all the time. Totally. Yeah. And, it, and it's, uh, what's the name of it? My. Oh, it was like house HomeWise or something. You mean where HomeWise. they get the data from? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So let's say you type in roof repair. That's the example provided at search engine land for this article. Uh, the title is Google tests displaying cost estimates and local search results. So if you typed in roof repair, in this case, Hackensack, New York or New Jersey, I mean, um, if you type that in, yes, you'll see the Google My Business listings below, but before that, and testing this, I guess, or it's launched, but only in limited areas, um, you'll see roof repair and it'll give you a, a, a variance in price. Uh, in this case, it shows between $226 and $272. It shows labor costs, material costs, et cetera. And it's all based on information from HomeWise, uh, some kind of, oh, I've never used it. Uh, it's a, apparently to quote uh, search engine line, it's a fact-based independent reference for home product installation and service estimates, unquote. Uh, now, why is this important? And, and I'm glad that I like when they note that in uh, search engine line here. It, it is important because if you aren't sure how you, again, if you are concerned about uh, your, your pricing, if you know that your clients care more about that than anything, and that is important, then you'll want to see how you measure up. And if you're dramatically higher, that may be something to consider uh, because you might not be getting that business over someone else. Also that to note that if you, there, there might be a paid aspect here where you could take advantage of it. If you say you want to rank for in this case for roof repair and your prices happen to fall below what Google's quoting in this area here, uh, in local, if your ad said, hey, roof repair starting at 199 when this says 226 you might draw some clicks over. True. And, and there uh, might although, be a way to... Yeah. yeah, and although I didn't note it in this, um, there is a, another piece of news out that if someone clicks in your Google My Business or sees your Google My Business listing, let's say they search for your business name, you can now, I don't know whether this is a limited roll in a rollout or what, but if you have a, a local ad, it is uh, has been appearing below that Google My Business listing on the right, uh, your your knowledge panel, your local knowledge panel. Pardon me. 
So when it's on the right side of the page, it'll talk about your business, your hours, all that stuff. A lot more information that you would normally see in a search result. Because, and Google does this because it knows you're searching for that business. Well, let's give you all the details about that business. Well, below that, the ad that that business had been uh, paying for appears as well. Uh, I guess Google gets the chance that someone might click on that, uh, which gives them a little money. But it also, from your point of view, if it's your listing showing up, increases the chances you're going to get that business. Anyway, interesting. Uh, I, I like seeing them play around with ads. I mean, it's a fact of life. It's what they want from all of us. <laughs> More money. So if they do it in a way that helps us, well, that's a good thing. Ah, uh, this February, I missed this uh, article, and I think it's our article. It's actually discussion on the local search form. Again, one of the things I like to check on a regular basis. And it's kind of cool. Zip Sprout offers a free local sponsorship finder. So if you have a local business and you want to raise the uh, visibility of your business, uh, create citations, create some buzz, get some business from that alone, but also... Uh, show Google that you are a local business, that you have a, a fairly significant profile, which can help with visibility and search rankings. Uh, sponsoring is a great idea. Uh, you sponsor a local church, you can get a link from that church to your business. They'll talk about you um, in various, uh, depending what they're doing, of course, your hope. You do a little due diligence first to make sure they have a website, make sure that they actually do post things that are online that Google see. Uh, you know, it, it works wonders. You're, you're doing what you love to do, helping people out, but you're also getting the benefits of more visibility and some potential business. Uh, anyway, Zip Sprout's local, free local sponsorship finder allows you to search for uh, tons of sponsorship opportunities, local sponsorship opportunities across the United States. Unfortunately, only United States, uh, they don't have anything similar in Canada yet uh, or other countries, but uh, very cool. Um, we'll have it in our show notes. So if you want to check that out and go to it, you can, uh, but otherwise just type in that mouthful zip sprouts, free local sponsorship finder. <laughs> so Mueller files is coming up next, but let's take a quick break. SEO one one will be back right after recess. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one -on -one training a weekly podcast for you or your company, distribution to almost every podcast portal, an embeddable player for your website, an ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts, and much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. 
TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WMR.fm. Hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company senior SEO, Scott Fennack. All right. Have you checked this out? Yes, I have. So let's talk about it this. <laughs> what are we going to talk about? Uh, browser extensions, will they impact your Google core web vital scores? There's been a, a lot of chatter going around the world, world, the internet world, I guess, uh, about browser extensions and how they could be used to disrupt core web vital scores. And the gist of it is, don't worry about it. Um, yeah. John, uh, John Mueller had actually said in a post on Reddit, and I don't have the link handy for that, but... Uh, he had said, yeah, page, expansion, page experience is currently slated for only mobile search. And if lots of people have figured out how to install plugins on Chrome and Android, I'd love to know the trick. So he's certainly not concerned. And there are a few other reasons. I think it was, I don't have the article in front of me, I believe it was Barry Schwartz that wrote that article. And he had given up three reasons why you don't need to worry about it. Uh, the first is that, of course, core web vital scores are based on mobile, and most people don't have browser extensions on mobile browsers, um, which, uh, can you even get them? I don't know. I've never even tried. Um, and, mm -hmm. and so there's that. Uh, and then even if they didn't, most general users don't have browser extensions. And I, I never thought about this before, but it's probably true. Oh, yeah. I, I have them because I use them for work purposes, but in real life outside of work, I, I don't use any extensions. Um, I'm sure there are a lot of examples where people would, I guess like password managers and things, but generally a lot of them aren't being used, I suppose. Um, and then thirdly is that the page experience update is not expected to be as massive as we once believed it would be. So even if extensions could have an impact on your score, that score isn't going to play as big of a role as we once thought it would, at least not initially. So um, if, if you had seen some of the chatter about extensions causing issues with this uh, and it had you interested or worried, you can rest assured that it's probably not going to have any impact at all. Mm -hmm. And I should apologize. We didn't really preempt this with a bit of a description of what these are. So um, if you use Chrome, Firefox, I imagine any browser, um, those would be the ones I, I use the most. You can install enhancements, or in this case, extensions to your browser to offer new functionality. They can, um, well, like you mentioned, LastPass, uh, a password manager will pop up and say, would you like to save this password? And you do it through that encrypted system. Um, you can see, uh, you can record video, you can bookmark into different cloud systems. Uh, there's a ton of different things, absolutely mind-boggling number of enhancements you can add to a browser, but they do slow it down slightly. 
and it potentially slows down the loading of a website. And that's what the concern was. Would that impact what Google sees and would it have an impact on whether or not the site ranks as well? But for all the above reasons we mentioned, that is not an issue. Don't worry about it. But, uh, I can see it coming up. So I thought it was definitely worth, worth mentioning. Now this next one, I did not see. Tell me about it, Scott. I don't have my notes in front of me. Which one are we looking at here? We've got, uh, oh yeah, so uh, words in a URL. Uh, so John Mueller had confirmed, and I think he had mentioned this a bit about a year ago as well. Uh, if you have keywords in a URL, back in the day, you know, 18 years ago, it was critical. You throw a keyword in a URL and you're, you're on page one. It was like one of the key ranking factors <laughs> and it always worked and it was basic. And, uh, and then there was there were updates in the the exact match domain update where a domain name with a keyword in it used to do really well and now it doesn't matter. Well, it's kind of the same with URL strings. Uh, keywords in URLs don't really do much, but they do play a very small role in ranking when Google first indexes a brand new page it has not seen before. Um, and then the value in the keyword in that URL diminishes greatly once, Google indexes the full content on the page. So if you're creating a new page on your site, there will be absolutely some value in having your keywords for that page in the URL string, but it's not the end all be all and the value there will diminish. But I would say still go for it rather than uh, using abc.html or whatever, you know, you still get it there. They're good for your users if you accurately describe what the page is, keep it clean, concise, relevant, um, and it will have a small SEO benefit there. Um, and John had said something a year ago, and I had the quote in front of me. I guess it's basically what I just said. Uh, oh, he says, also changing URLs uh, on an existing site is a site migration. It will take time and fluctuation to be reprocessed. So the point there is don't change your, your URLs for the purpose of adding keywords into them, yeah. especially if they're already indexed. The, the value you'll gain is probably outweighed by the, the problems you'll find through the change. You're gonna lose a bit of value. You're gonna have to set up redirects. Um, it's not worth it. Don't change a URL for SEO purposes. Yeah, it's, it's minuscule, the benefit, I'm sure. All right, so let's uh, jump into a question we have from Brooks Bailey. Uh, now. He had a really long question. It was great. Uh, I tried to shorten it up here and, and really tackle part of it to start with. Uh, now, Brooks is wondering if there are more accurate tools for domain authority research. In other words, backlink, citation pro profile analysis. Uh, also for HTML coding effectiveness and one for content quality. Now, this is a large question. We can't answer everything right now. That said, I'd like to cover authority, uh, you know, cover the authority research part. Um, he mentions Ahrefs, mentions Ubersuggest, and only the free tools, and how the data seems to be so different. Now, I hear you. I'm sure they are quite different. Uh, now, let's put aside the fact there's a potential difference in metho methodologies, I'm sure, for both systems. Um, I would imagine anyway. Plus the fact that they're free. Uh, it really doesn't matter. Even if they were all paid, Link research is always run on whatever portion of the internet these particular tools have managed to index. Uh, there is going to be some crossover, but if you if you've seen um, uh, one of those uh, area 
charts with circles where they have just slight areas where they overlap. Uh, Venn diagram, right? Yeah, thank you. Uh, I think that's what it is. Anyway, that they that there's a, a those are a good thing to imagine. Where the crossover is, there'll be some places where both systems have managed to index the same links. The site, the internet is so fast that not even the top tools out there have indexed everything. So you're always going to get different results. Um, and I think the, trying to get past that and find a quote unquote better tool that will provide more accurate results is it's, it's nearly impossible. I suppose you could get into the details of what is accurate, no matter what portion of the net that they've indexed. Uh, and then that just becomes opinion because no one knows what Google really wants to see. We have a lot of great ideas and a lot of, let's say, partial evidence at times, but it is our experiences as SEOs that make us valuable that we're leveraging to determine what works and what doesn't and which tool appeals to us more. Uh, so, you know, in my opinion, um, when, because well, it's very expensive, I don't use it anymore, but link research tools is excellent, priced very high, and it's definitely more for uh, medium and large business, but it does a phenomenal job of indexing and has a great system. Uh, I, it's my, my go-to if I'm gonna do a very advanced analysis. Uh, otherwise, I'm fine with using SEMrush. I'm fine with using Majestic SEO. Uh, but no, obviously, I don't use any free tools. Uh, I don't need to, and, and it wouldn't be helpful for my clients. Uh, any thoughts on that part? Yeah, just, it's kind of like what you said. Every tool is so different. I mean, they, they kind of are focusing on the same goal in mind, but they crawl at different rates with different crawl budgets at different parts of the web at different times. And, you know, one tool might catch a link where another tool might miss it, or maybe one tool spiders a site and the link is there, then the next tool comes and that site happens to have removed the link. So now one tool shows it and one doesn't, or maybe they just added it. I mean, the, the web site can be down. Or the site could be down. Entirely changes the direction of that index. We're not even down. The site could be blocking the spider for one too. particular tool and not another. So you're never going to get two tools that show the same results ever. Um, and it doesn't mean one's wrong or inaccurate. It just means they have different access levels to different things. And, you know, it, I find often if I'm doing any kind of link comparison between say a client and a competitor, I'll use the data from multiple tools and try to merge it together. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, you'll definitely see overlap and you'll, you'll catch links on one tool that you won't on another every time. Um, and it's not that one's better than the other. They're just, you know, it's just the nature of the web. It's just so dynamic. You can't be a hundred percent. Good. Yeah. So that's that aspect. Um, HTML coding effectiveness and content quality. Well, coding effectiveness. I don't really know what you're getting at there. Um, if you're concerned about uh, the accuracy of HTML coding, well, I would use the W3C checker. It really does give you a good idea of how things are. It's not a great concern from an SEO perspective. I know there's going to be some purists out there that disagree, but even they would have to agree that it would be a low rung to focus. Like it's, it's low on the list. There's a lot of other things that were way more important to first focus on. There's a lot of garbage sites out there that rank well. Um, their code probably isn't that great. As long as things aren't broken, um, that's fine. Uh, in many ways, I, I don't get me wrong. I would love it if everything was beautifully coded and perfect, but 
Google has to work with the reality that not all sites are. In fact, the majority aren't. Uh, as a result, they can't really use it as a, a significant factor of, or even a factor in rankings, um, unless again, it's providing a bad experience. And that's not really so much the code as the overall user experience, uh, the UX. Uh, when it comes to content quality, again, not really sure uh, where you're going with this. I mean, I don't know of a tool that can analyze, I'm sure that there is, there's a tool for everything, but that analyzes the efficacy of uh, the sales pitch or efficacy of uh, the content on the page for marketing. I know there's ones that look at readability, uh, you know, how easy is this to read? What, what grade levels it is uh, uh, for the person who's reading it? You know, can it be read by your target market? That's an important concept that definitely worth thinking. Um, I don't remember which one that is offhand, but I'm- I think Yoast has it built in for WordPress. Right. Um, it's part of the Yoast plugin. Um, in that case, for that one in particular, there, there'd be others for sure though. Mm -hmm. So I, I hope that helped Brooks. I, I, you probably were looking for more direct answers in terms of tools, but uh, nothing really other than some of the more obvious ones came to mind. So uh, wish you luck. And if, you, if we missed a, a beat there, please do uh, reply. We'll see what we can do about honing our reply a bit on the next one, next round. Uh, definitely thank you for, for posting the question though. Well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing and my company's senior SEO, Scott Van Ack, thank you for joining us today. Remember, we have a show notes newsletter. You can sign up for at seo101radio.com and where you'll, don't, you don't, you'll never miss anything. Uh, we've got transcriptions, We've got links. We're working hard to make sure this is a great resource for you. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Facebook group, easily found by searching SEO 101 podcast on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed the show, we'd appreciate any feedback on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast stream. Have a great week and remember to tune into future episodes, which air every week on WMR.fm. Thank you for listening, everybody. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.